Well, good morning. Isn't it great to see all the kids come up and how many we've got? I think we're growing in number, aren't we? It's, it's fantastic to see. For those of you who don't know me, I don't have children of my own, but I've made an observation. I think this generation of children have got to be the most documented children, documented lives in all of history. I mean, the pictures start even before they're born, right? And there's pictures of every event, not just the big milestones, you know, not just when they're born and when they say, you know, take their first step, but just about every event except when they're naughty, I know that. Um, and pictures are flying around the internet constantly, you know, to grandparents and friends and all the rest of it. But that's not always the case, it hasn't always been the case. When I look back at my own photo album, the photos of me as a child only take up a matter of a few pages. When I go back to my parents' generation, there were no baby photos. We've only got one photo of my mother, and that wasn't a serious photo. She's dressed up in a brother's, um, her older brother's cricket gear and looking quite cute. But there's no baby photos. And if we go back further, you know, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, we don't even have stories, let alone photos. So the further you go, the less you're going to know about a person's childhood. We all know that. Um, we love the detail, but we're fascinated by it when we do, we do learn something about our forebears. Well, we're fascinated too by the childhood of Jesus, and we'd love to know more. But of course, we have more about Jesus and his birth than we have about many others who lived that long ago. In fact, we have some really good stories about Jesus. Today, though, I want to look at the period between his birth and when he was about 40 days old and in the temple, the story we had last week, and when he was 12 years old and back in the temple, the story we're going to have next week. We actually have very little on that period, so much so that scholars call that the hidden years. We can only really surmise what those years might have been like. But we want to focus on that. We've got one sentence to go on. And the sentence says, And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Well, actually, we, can t we, we learn quite a bit from that one sentence. We know that he was a normal child. He grew taller and taller physically like any other child and stronger as he went. We also know from other passages that he grew up in Nazareth. He was only born in Bethlehem, but he grew up in Nazareth. We know a bit about that town. He would have been, it's a small town, very small town, and he would have been surrounded by his extended family, not just Mary and Joseph. It was a very close-knit town. It was up in the fertile high country of Galilee, about an hour's walk from the main capital of Galilee, so it was actually closer to the CBD than Diamond Creek is to the CBD of Melbourne. It was no back outback town. His father was an artisan. He was, we, I think he was a carpenter. And we're told that not only did Jesus grow strong in, and tall, he also grew in wisdom. Now, like anybody working on the family tree and any good Bible scholar, we can guess how he came by that wisdom by knowing what it was like for Jewish boys of that time. And that's what I want to focus on. How did he come to grow in wisdom? And how can we grow in wisdom? Well, when most of us think about wisdom, we often think of you know, the wise old man, you know, the kind of hermit that the hero needs to go to to get some guidance and advice. 
and sometimes a bit absent-minded, but always mystical. Kind of like a Gandalf. Well, there, was, there were people in the Bible that were given special wisdom, but really the Bible is actually, most of what the Bible is teaching is saying that wisdom is available to us all. We don't have to grow beards, and we don't have to look mystical to have wisdom. But wisdom in the Bible is intensely practical. It's meant for everyday life, not for the big adventures so much. Wisdom can mean two things in the Bible. It can mean the practical, everyday skills and qualities that we acquire to live and work successfully. So craftsmen were said to be wise because they're really good at their craft. So we might say, if I illustrate this in today's terms, if you know a lot about a particular sport, you know all the rules, you know you can pick a winner any time, you know all the good moves to make, but you sit on the sidelines as a spectator, in biblical terms, you would not be considered wise. But if you got out on the court or out on the field and played and made wins, then you would be considered wise in the sport. So you get the idea, you've got to be practically putting it into practice. Jesus would have learnt this practical knowledge from his parents and from his extended family, just as our kids learn a lot from us. As a young, a young boy, he would have spent a great deal of time with his father, learning to be a carpenter. Sons always learnt the trade of their father. And in later years, we know that Jesus was known as the carpenter's son. Most of us learn a lot of practical skills by just watching others and by trying them out. My dad did a bit of carpentry, but I never learnt any carpentry because I never followed him into the garage and I never watched him or worked with him. But I did learn my basic crafts from my mum, watching my mum and my grandmother. And I learnt to sew and knit from them. I remember when I was a girl, young girl of about six or seven, I made a little doll. At least I thought I made the doll. It was probably mum and I made the doll and probably more mum that made the doll, but I remembered it as my doll, that I made it. And I think that was probably a little bit like Jesus. At first, he would have been just playing in the sawdust in the carpenter's shop. Gradually, he started to learn the tools, the names of the tools and how to use them. Projects at first would have been more Joseph than Jesus, and gradually he would have got grown in his skills and grown in wisdom as a carpenter. He learned by watching his father and by trying it out with various projects. In the Bible, wisdom can also mean God's knowledge, God's knowledge and creative power. Now, all of history and nature are governed by God's wisdom. The universe was created by his wisdom. There were times in the Old Testament when he gave this wisdom to, special, to, to certain individuals. The person that we know most, or most, is most well known, of course, is Solomon. But Solomon's wisdom was, again, very practical. We know his practical wisdom in the form of the book of Proverbs. Godly wisdom, when it's given to humans, takes God's knowledge, his ways and laws, and applies it to everyday life. Now, Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph, knew this kind of practical application of God's wisdom. They also knew that it required obedience, just as any kind of wisdom did in the scriptures, not just head knowledge. So in our passage today, we learn that they did, when they had done everything about, that the law required of them, they returned home. 
In other words, they knew what the law of the Lord was and they knew how to be obedient to it. The law of the Lord at that time would have referred to the early books of the Bible. So Jesus not only learned carpentry from his father, but he would have learned the law of, of God from his, his father, from Joseph as well. He saw his parents' obedience and learnt what scripture was from watching them as well. We uh, know too that he, later in life he was in the habit of going to the synagogue, so we can assume that as a child he would have been going to the synagogue every week with his parents. He grew in wisdom by watching them and watching the other godly people around him. Now that period of history, it was the joint responsibility of fathers and the synagogue assistant to educate boys in the law of the Lord. Jesus, all the Jewish boys attended class at synagogue once they turned five years of age. A little bit like our kids going to kingfishers, you might say. There they learnt to read and write, as well as gaining a good understanding of the law of God or the Old Testament scriptures. And we know from later in Jesus' life that he was literate in the scriptures and that when he went to synagogue, he was asked to read the scriptures and to interpret it. Everyone was amazed at his wisdom and that he spoke with authority. He grew in that wisdom by spending time reading God's word in the synagogue. And godly wisdom also comes from spending time in the presence of God, who embodies wisdom. Later in his life, we see Jesus getting up very early to pray and spend time in the presence of God. He would have grown up with a habit of prayer. He learned from his heavenly father just as he learned from his earthly father and he tells his disciples later on that he, everything he knows has been revealed to him by God the Father. He grew in wisdom by spending time in the presence of the heaven, his heavenly father in prayer. In our passage today, Anna the prophetess also knew the importance of prayer. She was free from some of the responsibilities of a woman of that time because she was a widow. And so she spent most of her time devoted to prayer and fasting. For decades she did that. The result of spending so much time in God's presence was wisdom. When Jesus was brought into the temple, she instantly recognised him as the Son of God. She knew he was the one to redeem, redeem us. Later in the New Testament, we find that in the book of Colossians and, and 1 Corinthians, we find that Christ has become for us wisdom from God. Anna had recognised the wisdom of God when she saw the baby Jesus. 1 Corinthians explains this. Jesus is said to be our righteousness, our holiness and our redemption. I think there's a slide for that. Yep, he's become for us wisdom from God that is our righteousness, our holiness and our redemption. So the beginning of wisdom is understanding that Jesus paid the price on the cross to redeem us from all evil and to restore us to a right relationship with God. That's where we start with wisdom. But in the Bible, not all wisdom is godly. The Bible also refers to the wisdom of the world. So without God, worldly wisdom is empty and it's useless. Worse, James tells us that worldly wisdom is full of envy and selfish ambition, while godly wisdom is quite the opposite. It's pure, it's peace-loving, it's considerate, it's submissive, full of mercy, 
impartial, sincere. They're quite different. Worldly wisdom and godly wisdom are vastly different. Now, worldly wisdom might have planned for the saviour of the whole world to be born in a palace to, with the best of midwives, you know, the, the best of situations. But it might also have organised for the three wise men to stay around and give the boy the very best of schooling. Instead, Jesus grew up in a very small town, not known for producing scholars. He was learning from his carpenter father and just from the local synagogue assistant. That was not worldly wisdom. Worldly wisdom might also have produced a superhero who, for a messiah who would have destroyed all his enemies by brute force. Instead, Jesus was put to death by his enemies so that we might have the wisdom of God. Well, how do we get that wisdom? How can we learn from Jesus' life? A couple of weeks ago, Tim was talking in um, reference to New Year's resolutions and he was saying, telling us that the, if we're going to do one thing this year, we, we should trust in Jesus. And I think that is the beginning of wisdom for us. The first step being trust in Jesus. The Old Testament in Psalm 111 tells us the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If we stand in awe of God, put our trust in him, Christ becomes our wisdom. And I think the second step is to spend time in the presence of God, just as Anna and Jesus did, time in prayer. Ask for wisdom. The Bible tells us to, to pray in all situations, but when we find ourselves in especially difficult times, James tells us to pray for wisdom. And that's the one prayer that we can be sure God would answer. And I think the third step is to get to know God's word and learn how to be obedient to that, to apply it to our everyday lives. Study the scriptures, but learn to apply it, just as Jesus did. And I guess this is where, somewhere uh, where I can put a bit of a plug for, for things like life groups, where you can work through the scriptures with others and, and help each other work out how to apply them. A good devotional book will also guide you through and usually help you apply scriptures to everyday life. It's not just head knowledge that's important, it's being able to live them out. Well, Jesus wasn't zapped with wisdom, he wasn't born with wisdom, he grew in wisdom. He learned from his parents, from the godly people around him, he spent time with God in prayer and lived his life in obedience to what he learned. How much more do we need wisdom? And how much more do we need to apply ourselves to the getting of wisdom? I'd like to finish by just praying for us and praying that we might have that wisdom of God. Father God, we acknowledge that you are all wisdom and that all wisdom comes from you. We thank you and praise you that we can worship a wise God. And we do come to you, Lord, and we ask that you would fill us your, with your godly wisdom for the, the small and the larger activities of our day that we might be constantly acting on your wisdom and being obedient to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.